Hello, hi, and welcome to this episode of the Mandy Mayer Podcast. If you have not yet reviewed my podcast, head over to Spotify or to iTunes. Spotify is very easy. It's just a click of a button. will take you not even two seconds. And on Apple, you know, two seconds to hit the button or maybe, you know, a minute to leave me a lovely review. Today, I want to touch on my five biggest mistakes that I made during my several failed attempts of weight loss. And the reason I want to touch on this is so that it's going to help you save time when it comes to your fat loss. I I tackled this fat loss journey alone and I, you know, I didn't have a coach, I didn't have support, I didn't have a personal trainer, I had no guidance and so of course there were there were several failed attempts because every time I was trying something that I saw on the internet, try this fucking cabbage diet now and lose five kilograms in five days whilst you shit yourself because of all the cabbage you are eating, right? So that's essentially what I want to do is I want to help you avoid the same mistakes that I made during my several failed attempts at weight loss. And even, you know, some of the mistakes that I made during my actual, you know, successful attempt at weight loss, because I did make mistakes within the successful attempt as well. And, you know, so I'm just going to put a a mix and a match of mistakes together and list my sort of top five. Look, there were many mistakes, but, you know, so over the last, I want to say several years, but I must have started at, I don't know, probably around the age of 25 or 26. Um, and that was when I, I got an office job within Cape Town. So, you know, I want to say I probably started at the age of 26. So that was a good four years, maybe five years of failed attempts. And then at the age of 30 is when it actually stuck. And I am 36 now, by the way. So if we look at it, it's about 10 years. And that's what I want to talk about today is the 10 years of my experience. And, you know, I, I, sometimes I feel like, you know, I, I've walked the walk and I, I, I've been through all the mistakes. Yes, I've had the exceptionally high moments and I've finally been successful at weight loss and I've been successful at maintaining weight loss. And, and you know, just to touch on that, I, you know, for me, successful weight loss is being able to maintain the weight loss that you have sort of done or the weight loss that has taken place. So again, it's not about how much weight you can lose. It's about being able to keep that weight that you have lost to keep that off. So to get straight into it, I'm going to touch on five of my biggest mistakes that I've made, let's call it over the last 10 years. And hopefully you can listen to these mistakes and you can be like, you know what, I'm not going to make those same mistakes because by understanding the mistakes that I've made and trying to avoid them within your own journey, it is going to save you a lot of time. And this is not me saying that, you know, if you follow these tips that I'm going to give you now that you're never going to make mistakes. There are going to be mistakes. There are going to be little micro failures that you have en route in in your fat loss expedition. And I think these mistakes or micro failures are of importance because it helps you learn. But like I said, if you can try and avoid these big 
mistakes that I made, then it really is going to help you, you know, move forward on your own journey and maybe speed it up a little bit. And I feel like I'm not, I'm not going to touch on things like, oh, full restrictive or, you know, quick fixes. And those were my mistakes because those for me at this, this moment, I want to say they, a bit more of the obvious mistakes. So again, you know, you want to avoid trying quick fixes. You want to avoid fully restricting absolutely everything. Um, and, and those I think go without saying. So number one, my biggest mistake that I made was I thought the weekends don't count. So I would be your typical weekday dieter. And then on the weekends, uh, it was just an absolute shit show. So I would be within a good calorie deficit Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. I thought that was enough to elicit fat loss. And then on the weekends, I went apeshit crazy and I just... Any good calorie deficit that I had created to elicit fat loss during the week, I had now thrown out the window because I wasn't in an extremely high calorie surplus over the weekends. And I just I didn't understand why fat loss was not taking place, right? In my mind, I thought I wasn't exercising enough. In my mind, I thought maybe I wasn't following the correct diet, but I never wanted to acknowledge the fact and I place emphasis on that because in the back of my mind I knew what had to be done but I didn't want to acknowledge that it had to be done because for me to do it I would have had to change my weekend ways. So number one my biggest mistake I made was thinking or not acknowledging that the weekends did matter and that I couldn't go apeshit crazy on calories and booze and everything else over the weekends because that was going to ruin, I want to say ruin for the lack of better words, the progress that I made during the week. And that brings me, the exercise point brings me to point number two. I totally overestimated the amount of calories burnt during exercise and I underestimated the amount of calories consumed through food and drink. So to explain that to you, a lot of the times what does happen is we will overestimate the amount of calories burned through exercise. So basically to use a small example is you might go do a five kilometer park run on a Saturday morning and think that that is burning 50,000 calories where at the end of the day you're looking at depending on body composition and everything else that goes with it it's very individual maybe you're looking at anywhere between 300 500 calories right and a lot of the times what I was doing is I was going to go do say a park run on a Saturday morning and in my mind I believed you know what yes I've done a five kilometer run now I can eat all the food that I want and I can drink all the alcohol and liquid calories that I want and it's not going to matter because I've already done my exercise in the morning. So again for me I want to just re-say that is don't overestimate the amount of calories burnt through your exercise, right? Like I said, because exercise is great. And at the end of the day, we want to look at exercise as a form of getting fitter, a form of getting stronger, and not necessarily a form of 
burning calories purely for fat loss. So yes, I mean, it, it goes without saying that through exercise you are going to burn calories. But at the end of the day, you don't want to overestimate the amount of calories burned through the exercise. Because like I said, if you are running a five kilometer park run or you're doing a five kilometer walk, let's say on average you're burning about 400 calories. At the end of the day, that 400 calories is basically a chocolate bar or a chocolate bar and a packet of crisps. So, you know, don't be like me me and go and sit at beer house on long and drink copious amounts of beer and do their burger tastings or whatever it was and think you know what this is 100% fine because I did my exercise this morning and in saying that I, I just want to reiterate um, and say you know what it's, it's not that it's not 100% fine I mean if you want to do that and you're okay with consuming that food that is also 100% fine it's just about understanding that the amount of calories burnt through exercise exercise is not as much as what you would like to believe at the end of the day. So there still needs to be that good balance between your sort of exercise calories, understanding your exercise calories, and then formulating and calculating a good nutrient-dense plan that matches that as you move forward. And then mistake number three I want to touch on is, you know, I believe that health superfoods were the answer to fat loss. And I think it stemmed from seeing a lot of other people online or listening to a lot of other people's stories or reading magazines and believing that the only food that would work for fat loss, the only way I would elicit fat loss is if I had, you know, the coconut flour and I had the gluten-free bread and I had the, the cranberries and I don't know, I want to say cottage cheese, good combination, Mandy. But I think you you get the gist of what I'm trying to say is, you know, you, you don't need, yes, and I spent a lot of money on all these health foods and because I believed that it was a good way forward. And at the end of the day, I realized that you don't need these health foods. You just need to look at making your plan a little bit more nutrient dense every single day or every single week. And, you know, that for me is, it wasn't detrimental to my weight loss, but it was fucking detrimental to my bank balance, right? So, you know, again, it is knowing that you can have a sort of chicken stew or a beef stew and you don't need to be adding free range organic chicken eggs or whatever the case is it's you know at the end of the day your fat loss is going to take place through a calorie deficit and that can be create can you hear the birds in the background that can be created through your everyday normal food right and i think there's this big misconception of saying the only way to lose weight is by having this sort of nut nut butter peanut butter that cost 120 rand a jar i was buying shit like that right and it's got exactly the same fucking calories as your black cat smooth peanut butter or whatever the case is. So again, it's just about knowing that and saying, you know what, you don't necessarily need to have all these health superfoods within your house to elicit fat loss. Because I think this can deter a lot of people from even starting with a fat loss journey because a lot of people believe that they can't afford to lose 
weight because they can't afford the health superfoods. So again, you can it, it can be absolutely anything. And I always say to people, you need to look at creating something sustainable for you. And by sustainable, I mean even fitting into your monthly budget. So whatever you can afford, you say, cool, we're going to look at doing that. Maybe let's up it with a nutrient density, buy an apple here, buy an orange there, buy a butternut here, or buy some veggie combos. And that's really all you need is a bit more nutrient density. You don't need things like coconut flour and superfood splash splash olive fucking this that what what what. And you know if it is if it can be part of your budget and you and you do enjoy things like that, then no problem at all either. But I just want you to know that you can elicit fat loss without all these health superfoods that are advertised online or through say different influences, for example. And that brings me, you know, mistake number four is I want to say it's more or less the same kind of thing because it was purely stemmed or it was brought up or brought upon by, you know, sales and marketing and, you know, what is sold to us that, you know, what we need to elicit fat loss. And you can just call me Mandy Supplement Mayor. Well, not anymore. The only supplements I drink now is whey protein and creatine and my magnesium. But, um, you know, in the past, I believed that I needed every single supplement under the sun. So that was mistake number four was, you know, believing that the only way to elicit fat loss was through drinking every single supplement that Dischem had on offer. So, you know, from your apple cider vinegar to your BCCAAAs or whatever the fuck it is to, you know, your keto fat loss, fat burner to absolutely everything. I believed that I needed every single supplement under the sun to elicit fat loss. Again, mistake from you know my point of view not fully understanding you know you just need to be within a calorie deficit and make more nutrient dense choices move a little bit more and have patience and just be consistent and and it was also a big mistake on my bank balance because we all know those things are not cheap so again I don't want you to fall for you know the sales sales pitches out there to say that you need things like apple cider vinegar you need things like fat burners and you need things like BCCAs A's and whatever the case is because at the end of the day like I said you need that consistency you need that nutrient density you need to be within a calorie deficit and those are all things that you know won't necessarily cost you a huge amount of money or a huge amount of time trying to guess why you're not losing fat i know i mentioned i do take supplements now i take a bit of whey protein i do take creatine and i take magnesium but none of those supplements are purely based on I want to elicit fat loss so I've got to take these supplements for me the protein is to help me sort of retain any lean muscle mass that I do have um, especially now that I'm gymming a lot the creatine is to also just help retain any of that that muscle mass and and without going into too much detail I take the creatine purely for you know to help my muscle cells produce more energy um, so maybe that I can train a little bit longer whilst I am in the gym with my magnesium supplement I purely use it for the reason of to help with a little bit of anxiety and help with falling asleep a little bit quicker um, so again you'll see the supplements that I use now has got nothing to do with oh my god I'm using these supplements because I want to burn belly fat it's got absolutely nothing to do with 
that it's got to do with, say, the training that I'm doing or just the lean muscle mass or sleep, for example, at the end of the day. So again, point number four, mistake number four is don't be fooled that or don't be fooled into the fact that you need every single supplement under the sun to elicit fat loss. Number one, it's going to break the fucking bank balance. Number two, if you are taking these supplements and you are not eating within a calorie deficit, you are not going to elicit fat loss. So that's always important to remember. Then mistake number five is there was at some point or a lot of points um, within my failed attempts, as well as at one point during my successful attempt is I relied fully on extrinsic motivation. All right. So by extrinsic motivation, I mean, you know, external factors to motivate myself. So that could be anything from, you know, hashtag body goals. So looking at someone in a magazine and saying, you know what, this is why I want to lose weight. That's an external factor that is driving you or, you know, entering a weight loss challenge and saying, I want to lose weight because you want to win the cash prize of 50,000 Rand, or you want to win the supplements that goes with it. That's extrinsic motivation. So you're getting a reward from an external factor for your, let's say weight loss, right? So at the end of the day, it would be like me saying, or someone coming to me saying to me, um, if you manage to cycle the Cape August uh, cycle tour, I'm going to give you 10,000 Rand. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to train for the, the cycle tour, even though I hate it, because at the end of the day, I want to complete it because I want to get that 10,000 Rand. But immediately after I've got that 10,000 Rand, I'm going to stop with cycling because it was an external factor that motivated me. So that's your extrinsic motivation. So you need to be aware of that and say, you know what? Yes, it's good to to have some extrinsic factors that are going to motivate you. But a lot of the times your motivation needs to be an intrinsic kind of motivation. So it needs to come from you. And the reason why you want to lose weight or, or, or lose fat is for you, right? There's nothing better than intrinsic motivation or an internal reason why you want to do this because when the times get tough you're going to realize that you're doing it for yourself and the chances of giving up are a lot less than when you're doing it for someone else or based on someone else's picture that you saw in a magazine so I I entered a weight loss competition and I was doing it for the prizes. I was doing it for that recognition and I wasn't doing it for myself. So yes, I lost the weight, but as soon as it was over, right, I just, and, and it brings me back to my little analogy of the Cape, Cape Town cycle tour is that as soon as, you know, you, you complete it and you get that recognition and you get that prize or that money at the end, there's nothing left to work towards, right? Because you're not doing it for yourself. You're doing it for an external factor. So again, you want to look at saying, I'm doing this for myself. You have to be doing this for yourself, right? So something that's very personal to you, whether it's to have more energy to go play with your kids, whether it is just to have more energy for yourself, whether it is to fit into that metric dance dress that you had, right? Those for me are all coming from within you. So it's very personal goals, 
based on what you want to achieve, meaning that at the end of the day, you're actually going to push a little bit harder and there's no expiry date to it. So that is so important to note as well. When you're basing it on, and again, I use the example of a weight loss challenge because a weight loss challenge can be four weeks, it can be eight weeks, whatever the fuck it is, right? And at the end of the day, you're pushing for that amount of time. And what happens after that is you tend to stop because now this challenge is done. All external influences or external motivation is out the window and you've got nothing left to work towards. But if you're doing it for yourself or you're doing it for your kids or you're doing it for, you know, just to better yourself, like I said, there's no expiry date to that, right? And I repeat that again, when you're doing it for yourself and you're doing it to become a healthier version of you, there is absolutely no expiry date to that. But when you're doing it from a, for an external reason, say to win a cash prize or to win a holiday to Zanzibar or to win supplements, there's an expiry date to that, right? So it's very difficult to come back from that. So if we look and we take these five sort of, I want to say, mistakes that I made, we can actually roll them all into mistake number six, right? So this is a bonus mistake. Mistake number six is I I didn't want to learn from my mistakes or my failures, and that's where I gave up. So I had a very fixed mindset. I wasn't willing to grow. And every time I made a mistake or I had a failure, and I want to call them micro failures because micro failures are very, very important to have as part of this journey. But a lot of the times is, you know, when a mistake or a failure took place in any of my attempts, I would give up. And it took me a lot longer to succeed because every time I had a little setback or every time something didn't go my way or according to plan, I would give up. And instead of starting the next day, because every day is a new day, or maybe the next week, I would leave it for about six months or eight months, and then I would start again. And that for me is, you know, there's two sides to this because, you know, yes, I never, ever gave up because that's that's why I'm sitting where I am today, managing to have successfully lost weight. But I feel like there was a lot of delayed time or wasted time in between my several failed attempts that maybe I could have sped up if I did not give up for several months at a time. So again, that that's sort of a, a two parts to that is I want you always to realize that, you know what, if you make a little bit of a micro failure or if you make a little bit of a mistake, I don't want you to see it as the end of your road and then not do anything for seven or eight months. I always want you to remember that the very next day is a new day to get straight back on track. And again, this is not me saying I wish I had done it quicker because I think, you know, there is... I had a lot of learning and growth that did take place, but it did get very, very frustrating at a certain point. And I don't want you to feel that same frustration as what I did. So again, micro failures and mistakes or little mistakes are all part of the plan, right? We can't build that wall of success with only success. We need to build that wall of success with a little micro failures that take place as well, because there is so much learning that can take place within those little small little micro failures that do take place. But again, like I mentioned, these 
five mistakes that I made are quite big mistakes. And it's, I think it's normal mistakes that people make. And I just wanted to highlight these big (laughs) mistakes for you so that you can try and I want to say avoid them. Like I said, you're going to be you're going to be experiencing your own little mistakes. You're going to be experiencing your own little micro failures. And that's all part of the plan. But if you can take anything away from these five points or mistakes that I did mention today and say, you know what, weekends do matter. You know what, let me relook my exercise calories. Maybe I am burning far less exercise calories than what I thought. Or you can say, you know what, scrap these health foods. Let me eat my wheat picks like a normal person and not covered in cream and coconut cuck. And let me get rid of all this fucking you know, supplements that I do have that is not actually playing a role. By doing that, you'll not only be saving money, but you would also be saving yourself time and a lot of frustration. And then you also say, you know what, yes, let's, it's good to sort of, you know, have some external motivation, but maybe you can relook that why and say, this is why I'm doing it. You're doing it for yourself. And a lot of the times that's going to make you push even a bit harder. And at the end of the day, it's about having a, I want to say a growth mindset and saying, you know what, this journey is going to come with little ups and little downs and the downs, it's it's about accepting that it, it is going to come with little downs and maybe little micro failures. And just having that growth mindset to say, you know what, I'm willing to learn and grow from these micro failures and not be like Mandy that had a very fixed mindset. And when things didn't go according to plan, Mandy just fucking threw the whole plan away, right? So again, and again, a lot of these things aren't going to happen overnight. And it's just about knowing that, you know what, these are potentially big mistakes. If you can try and, you know, even if you don't avoid them fully, but if you do go through the mistake, at least you'll be able to identify it and say, oh, 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 this is what Mandy warned me about. And the most important thing is just don't don't be scared to make micro failures or to have micro failures and don't be scared to make little mistakes, but just be open to to learn from them and not let them throw you off track totally. And thank you so much for tuning into this episode. I really do appreciate every single one of you that do listen to this podcast and that share it with your friends and that have left a review and a rating. I'll end this off the same way I usually do. Keep smiling, keep being kind to one another and continue that desire of wanting to learn and make little changes. Much love, your friend who made multiple mistakes but still managed to succeed, Mandy.